0: Hi, I'm Jay John. Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest on Facing the Canon is Mark Ritchie, a creative, compelling communicator. Mark Ritchie, welcome to Facing the Canon. It's great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you, Mark. We've known each other Decades.
1: Yes. Yeah, a long time. A A long long time.
0: time. Where do you originate from,
1: Mark? Just outside Edinburgh in a place called Musselburgh in Scotland. Yeah, that's where I'm
0: from. And tell us a little bit about your journey of faith. Yeah, so
1: my dad was a minister and um, I grew up in a Christian home. And I can really remember when I was 12, uh, responding when my dad asked people to come to the front to become a Christian. And the incredible thing is, I know a lot of people's stories that get saved when they're young often rebel, but I never ever did. So when I was 12, I became a Christian. And I've never, ever strayed from that. I've always stuck to that path. And uh, I'll always remember that time when I was 12 becoming a Christian, yeah. Amazing. So
0: what, can you remember the details of that day?
1: Yeah, I can, because I can remember my dad preaching. Now, I have a bit of a joke about my dad's preaching because, you know, he's my dad and I like a laugh. But, you know, on that day, I can just remember him talking about the cross and what does the cross actually mean for your life. Yes. And even at 12 years old, I was like, you know, that is the answer for me. And I went to the front and, and, I, and I became a Christian. And I remember one of the things that the lady said when she counselled me at the end. She says, oh, sometimes people do this a lot. You know, they might do it a few times to get kind of... And I, I remember thinking, no, th- this is this is it for me. This is it. I'm twelve. I'm, I, I'm doing this. This is yeah, great. I'm going. Yeah, for yeah, this. yeah. And um, I'll never look back. And it's the best decision I've ever made. Twelve okay. years old, eh? Twelve.
0: Yeah, I yeah. No. And obviously, that whole age range. Um, is an important age to reach people isn't it? Sure, yeah. Because the older we get the harder it it becomes. To reach people. It really is, yeah. Now, years later you then went off to Bible College. That's right, yeah. And how long were you there for? So I was at Bible College for three years and
1: uh, I loved it but I was also (laughs) like messing around and being a bit of a prankster and doing lots of nonsense but I do remember I went to Canada in the summer of Bible college between first and second year, and I just encountered God in such a powerful way. I was looking after these young lads that were were basically like, had very disturbing, difficult kind of back home situations. I was looking after these lads. I was only 21, and I just had this God moment of seeing I want to do this for the rest of my life. Oh. I want to be able to minister to a generation. I want to be able to bring the hand of these young lads and the hand of God and bring them together, you know. Yeah. And, it, and that was kind of like the moment for me in
0: Canada, yeah. And so after college, you got ordained as an Assemblies yeah, of God minister? That's
1: right. Yeah. And I went to work in Barnsley. Barnsley. So I was the Scottish guy in Barnsley. Uh, and for,
0: for those around the world, that's in the north of England. Yeah,
1: that's right. In, Nor- in, in Yorkshire. And um, I had such a great time. We got into schools and... And I just did these incredible assemblies and I really got the opportunity to speak to thousands of students in the schools. But, you know, just a little story. Yes. Um, I There was one school, so most of the schools in Barnsley, they said, listen, come in, you can have as long as you like to present, talk about Jesus, it's all good. But there was this one school and they said, you're allowed seven minutes and you cannot really talk too much about Jesus because of the rules. And I was so frustrated, and I remember crying out to God and being like, this is unfair, this school. But I used to go every week and do these seven-minute assemblies. Anyway, 20 years later, I was in Newcastle, which is right in the north of England, and a lady came up to me. And this lady, she says, Mark, I was a pupil in that school where you did the seven-minute assemblies. She goes, I left school and I went into prostitution. And I took drugs and my life just fell apart. She says, and then I was at an all-time low and someone took me to a church service and a man at the front was talking about the cross. She says, but the thing is, I didn't sear the man's words I was zoomed right back to yeah. m- this guy, Mark Ritchie, a Scottish guy in an assembly talking about the cross. Amazing. And she said, I made a decision and now she's going on with God and her life's turned around. So for me, it's like God can use anything, you know. Absolutely. Seven minutes, God can use it, yeah.
0: But isn't it amazing how uh, your dad preached about the cross mm. and it got through to you and yeah. then you preached about the cross yeah. and got through to Incredible. her. Incredible, yeah. Absolutely Now, how would you describe yourself now? Of course you're an evangelist, but you're a, quite a unique type <laughs> of an evangelist. Yeah. So if somebody says, hey Mark, what do you do? Mm. What, what do you say? So I would say I'm a communicator of the cross. That's what I
1: love to say. I love every type and sense and way that I can communicate the message of the cross. And uh, I love that story. I don't know if you remember that story in the Bible where Jesus was speaking in a house and there were people all around the house. Yeah. And the four friends brought their sick friend. And they couldn't get through the door because there was too many people. And what they did is they went up onto the roof and they took the roof off. Yeah. And something that I love to say is we must take the roof off our thinking. Yeah. We must stop just doing it the same way. We must take the roof off our thinking to get this generation in front of Jesus. Jesus. And so I do lots of things, I do one man theatre comedy shows. I do my stuff at the Edinburgh Fringe. I did some stuff at the Comedy Festival in Melbourne in Australia. So I'm doing these comedy shows that are like 55 minutes. People are laughing, but I'm bringing this thread, this message of the cross. And then there's this moment where everyone's laughing and then I start to talk about Jesus and I start to talk about the cross and you can see people have they've laughed and they've opened themselves up and now wow the message of the cross and wonderfully we're seeing so many people respond
0: at a comedy show yeah. to yeah. G, to the story of Jesus i mean it's divine comedy yes uh, and but you're reaching both the flock fringe yes. and beyond the fringe exactly that's yeah. it exactly because yeah. people look at oh I'll go to that yeah yeah I mean, but do you, um, I mean, you're a very funny guy anyway, and both of us, we love humour. <laughs> and, uh, but Jesus was funny. Yes. And I think, do you agree, Mark, that people don't understand that? Because Jewish humour, yeah, most of it is humour by exaggeration. Yes. So, you know, before you take the speck out of someone else's eye, take the telegraph pole out of your own <laughs> yeah, eye. I love it's it. It's that yeah. type of stuff, sure, isn't it? Sure, sure. But do, do you see the humour Oh, when you read the Gospels. Absolutely. And,
1: and you know, sometimes I, I got a really ugly letter from someone who basically said, how can you think that you're going to see people's lives changed when you're making them laugh? But I'm like, wow. You know, people start with the door shut Yep. And then as you make them laugh, the door begins to open to their heart. Yes. And that's why I admire massively about you. I mean, I do find you funny. Yeah. And I can remember sitting in events and just thinking, wow, that is masterful what you're doing because everyone is opening up and people are like, if this man can make me laugh, then maybe actually some of the truth that he's bringing yep. is also good. And it's like, you're able to get into their heart. And so for me, humor is a great way. I call it fizzy holiness. Yes. Fizzy holiness. People yeah. love laughing. And when I was young, there used to be a song called why should the devil have all the good music
0: yes and didn't Kip Richard do a version of that he did he did
1: but now I want to say why should the devil have all the good humour that's right why should the comedy always be about debased things and about disgusting things why can't we laugh about things just like Jesus did which are part of our everyday life you know when he tells the story about the lost coin everyone's lost their keys everyone knows but we're all laughing because we can all associate see it with that yeah. moment Jesus
0: was a, a definitely really so and good. and sadly so many comedians stay i mean a uh, uh, vulgar yeah. they're rude they're obscene and you, you don't need that in no. order to get a laugh from people and, and most i think the best Comedians mm. are the ones just tell stories about life. Yes, you know, one hundred percent. You know, yeah. like how do you put stuff in a dishwasher? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. like I heard one comedian. I think he spent twenty minutes, <laughs> and, it, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and in a similar way, you know, I I've been to see you at the Edinburgh Fringe and places, and you just tell stories.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you, people love the stories. I told a really daft story about my son putting a frog on a remote control speedboat. And and really, in actuality, that is all that happens yes. in the story. But because you build it up and yes. people are loving it, you yeah. know, and, and, and that's the great thing about a communicator is he makes small things and you're like, I'm suddenly really interested Absolutely. in that. You know, you're suddenly really interested in How does the dish work? You know, you suddenly,
0: yeah. it gets you. It's good. I know. There's uh, that, that, that quote, how to make God laugh. Tell him your future plans. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you think God laughs? Oh, he finds us hilarious,
1: doesn't he? Because, you know, I always think of it like when I was washing the car once and my little lad, he was only four or five, and he's trying to help wash the car. And, you know, he's doing it. And yet we both know that he's four, he's not really, really helping that much but, and the dad just chuckling away at the little lad and that's exactly like I think sometimes, you know, I'm there thinking I'm doing such a great job and God's laughing, saying,
0: come on Mark. But what what was so funny though, I I can imagine when your little boy was doing that, you were going, well done, (laughs) oh (laughs) wow. Oh, wow. That is so good. So good. I mean, he cleaned like two square <laughs> exactly. inches, not it? Exactly. And then you go in and you, you, you tell your wife, oh, he worked so hard. And, and and I couldn't have washed the car without him. Exactly. Isn't it? Exactly. And it's, and in And in a similar way, that's a powerful analogy. Where, where God does not dismiss... That's right. ...our contribution. Exactly. You know, exactly. he's not going to say, oh, don't help me. Yeah. And in fact, you know, we Christians are co-heirs, mm. but we're also co-workers. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and God could do it, couldn't yes, he? Yes, but yes, But he chooses to use us. That's amazing. I know. Well, the... I mean, you missed the Edinburgh Fringe this year. yeah Owing through lockdown and yeah. everything else. So how have you been communicating... Um, the message during this season.
1: Sure. So amazingly, I've been getting incredible opportunities. So one of the things that I got was there's a whole load of uh, football players who are all on a Zoom uh, meeting together. Yeah. And I managed to get an invitation to share the gospel Amazing. with all these professional footballers. Yeah. So there's about 80 to 100 of them. And you're like, this is an incredible opportunity. If if things were normal, I would not get this Absolutely. Chance. So I've had these different different. different great opportunities and I've done some comedy now that is difficult when you're just doing it to a camera you know I was making my dad laugh because my dad was like asking me about it and I says dad it's a bit like doing it like you I say the funny thing and then there's silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's nobody laughing. <laughs> and I, I know. That says, says my dad's used to that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm not so used no. to that.
0: And the thing is, because uh, during lockdown, Killy and I, we were recording in mm. the kitchen mm. and it's very difficult telling uh, a humorous story and then I'm the only one that's laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if I'm the only one that's laughing, it looks odd, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. It takes a lot of energy, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It does. People who don't do it. Don't realise how hard it is. Sure. But that's, like, one mm. of many opportunities that you're yeah, getting. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we'll get, like, um
1: we're seeing a lot of people on Alpha. We're seeing... So people are really... It's like the whole world's been shaken... And this whole kind of 2020 has shaken their life. Yeah. And they are like saying, I'm on sand here. Absolutely. I need to get onto some rock. And so people are interested. People are alive to the message of Jesus. They are. They and, really are. And the thing are.
0: is, you know how it says in, in the Gospels, uh, Jesus spoke to them mm. uh, and always used the parable. You yes. know, he never spoke to them without a parable. Exactly. He never spoke to people without telling a story. And I, I remember... Um, I spoke at um, a professional footballer's dinner right. in London yeah. and my whole talk was the game of life. Yes, yes. And I mean, it, uh, we've got these parables, we've sure. got these analogies, yeah. uh, you know, you can't play soccer, football without rules, yeah, you've yeah, got to have yeah, rules, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, got to yeah. have a referee, yeah, 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 you've yeah, got to yeah. have, you know, and really uh, we don't have to hunt no for parables and stories and illustrations exactly but they do you work hard at trying to come up with those parables yeah
1: I remember R. T. Kendall, who we love R. T. Kendall. And he said, always write things down. So I've always got a notebook with me and I always jot things down. And I remember hearing a story, you know, like about this ship and, and I wrote it down and then it actually became a story that I used and I saw lots of people become Christians through this story. Yes. And and it's just, you know, if I'd not had that notebook with me. That would have been gone forever, but because I thought, do you know what, I'm going to write that down. And every day, looking for stuff, oh, and you see something, a sign that makes you smile, or a little story that you find funny. And it's like we said before, it's little things. It doesn't have to be a big car crash kind of story. Sometimes the tiniest little stories are the best you know just like a little thing i mean i always think about your great story about the donuts and i love the way that yeah. story unpacks and it's not a huge massive story no. but it's brilliantly told by you and then people are they care about those yeah. donuts they care and you've got them and, and yeah. you can really impact people so no I love it's it. so
0: important isn't it yeah. uh, uh, writing things down I, I sometimes wish i'd written more down sure with my kids growing up yes and and every now and again i'll I remember something, and it comes back, and it's like, wow, yeah, I (laughs) I forgot about that. Now, some years ago, you you felt uh, inspired, burdened Mm. uh, to do a very unique walk, and I can remember you—you actually came to my office to speak to me about it. Um, well, tell us about that vision of walking mm, mm. Uh, in the UK.
1: Yeah, so it came about because of 2011, there were the riots that happened. And I was just so devastated. You know, I love Britain. I feel I feel so passionate about Great Britain. And, and I was just watching my country tear itself apart. You know, the shops were getting ra- raided and things were getting burnt and people were out on the streets fighting and... And I just cried out to God and I felt God speak to me and say, Mark, I want you to take the cross over Britain. So I thought, okay, the message of the cross, that's great. But then as I prayed more, I really felt God say, no, I want you to actually carry a cross. And, you know, I was just like, oh, no. And I mean, I I hope this isn't going to come over bad, but I was like... I don't want to be one of those nutters, you know, one of those kind of slightly
0: weird. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) And so I was like, oh, Jesus, really? And I really felt impacted to do it. And so what we decided to do is I I walked with a cross. From Brighton at the bottom of England, right up to Edinburgh in Scotland, and then I got transported round to Wales to um, to Wrexham in Wales, and I walked across to Hull. So I walked in the shape of a cross, and it was like seven hundred miles. And it took me 70 days. And the cross that I carried was a cylindrical cross where the idea that we had is that we wanted to, as we communicated the gospel, we asked people to write their sins on a post-it note. And then they rolled them up and they actually put them inside the cross. And honestly, John, it was so moving each night to see people weeping. As they put these post-it notes into the cross, you know, we saw 13,000 people put post-it notes in. In And uh, one story, I know I've related to you before, but we we were actually walking near Manchester. And um, Manchester is famous in Great Britain that it rains a lot. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) And it was absolutely chucking it down. It was so wet. And we were there and I was carrying this cross on my back. And I got to this pub and I was soaking. And I remember I just put the cross in the corner and I got to a table and I just wanted some hot soup. And they brought me some hot soup. And these two ladies at the pub, they asked about the cross. And I'm ashamed as an evangelist to tell you, I was wet, I was tired, I was on day 62. And I said to them, listen ladies, it's a cross. People have been putting their stuff in there. I, I just need to eat my soup. You know, I was a little bit short yeah, yeah, with Yeah, 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 And uh, I was eating the soup. I was trying to get dry. And the guy that was with me says, Mark, look up. And I looked across. And here are these two ladies. And I get a bit choked up when I say it now. And, you know, they were standing there. And they didn't even get post-it notes. They got napkins off the table. And one of them, she had written something very deeply private really horrible that she'd been involved in as a young woman and she rolled it up in this po- into this set uh, of napkin and she actually put the napkin in the cross and there she is in this pub with tears rolling down her face and I'm there and I'm just like Jesus I, I, I'm the cross is such a powerful message. Absolutely. We get the priv- privilege of communicating this wonderful story. And we walked over and I says, ladies, I'm so sorry. This is no, don't worry. And this woman, she just says, you know, I wrote this down in my... And, and when she told me what oh. it was, and we just prayed in that pub and we said, you know, God is forgiving you and the cleanliness of Jesus comes upon you. And in that moment, I was just like, this is the wonderful message of the cross, absolutely. you know, Absolutely. and uh, we saw so many miracles and great stories and it took me 70 days, days and I got to Hull at the end and I was absolutely spent. I yeah. was so done. Yeah, how many hours a day were you walking? Yeah, well, because some days we walked 32 miles. And we would walk 32 miles, and then we would do an event in the evening. And so, I mean, I was just up there. I was so tired. A couple of times, I don't know if you've ever had this, I was speaking, and I felt myself outside my body. I was so tired. And I was like, man, that is scary. I don't like that. And I was just, like, finishing my talk. People were responding, and then they would just bundle me into, like, my room, and I would just sleep. And I was so tired. But at the very end of it, as you know, because I shared this with yes. you, but I was so emotionally and spiritually and mentally spent. You know, I was so done. I went through a very bleak season yeah. after that. But, you know, one of the most powerful things I learned in that time was the wonderful Discipline of speaking to your soul yes. And I learned about speaking to your soul yes. You know, I actually done a podcast of on it oh, Called yes. Soul Focus yes. And if you look up Soul Focus by Mark Ritchie yep. Everywhere you get a podcast But I learned this thing that David David yes. learned to speak to his soul he did. Yeah, he did. yeah, he did And he would say, "I, you know Why are you downcast all my soul? Right. He questioned his emotions. He questions his... He says, why are you downcast? My hope is in the Lord. And I
0: learned to actually begin to speak to my soul, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, goodness, you you walked more than a marathon every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To keep it going. Keep it because going. Did you aim to get it done in seventy days? Yeah,
1: we wanted to. This kind of idea: seventy days, seven hundred miles. We wanted to keep it like nice and tidy, and so yeah. And then, did you always have a
0: companion with you?
1: Yeah, and I mean, we met you yes, guys, which I was remember so encouraging. In St Albans,
0: we came oh, to we see did. how you were doing. Yeah,
1: and I loved that. It was such yeah. a boost. But so, well, I had a companion with me all the time, yeah. and I had a, a team that were driving in case there was any kind of emergencies, and, you know, we, we, we had one or two sort of funny things happen, so we, we had some people gather and join us, um, which was fine, but we had this like, a few people that gathered, and there was just one day they were walking with us, and I was a... I couldn't work out. This couple... They seemed to each other seemed to know each other but also didn't know each other sure so i was a bit like so i said to my partner my guy i said to him i says you need to find out what the story is here so he kind of fell back and he sort of started to chat to them so i'm walking on with the cross he caught up with me and he says you are never going to believe this i says what is it she goes they saw you on tv on the christian channel yes They're on a blind date. This is the first time they've met. (laughs) 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 Can you imagine? I was like walking saying, this is not what this is (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: for. Well... Bonuses. (laughs) Exactly, bonuses. Things you'd never expected. (laughs) Did you find any opposition as you were walking? Well, we
1: did. And there was a part of London... That we were walking through that maybe the best way to describe it is that maybe it would be a place where the other religions are worshipped quite openly and yeah. kind of
0: so you had to be sensitive were being
1: sensitive we were walking through but um at one part um a, a group of these men gathered around me and they started to ask about the cross and they wanted to know. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, John, I was frightened. Yes. And um, what I did is I had a group praying for me. Yeah. And as they were talking to me, I was texting this group that were praying for me. And I was texting the words, I am scared. Yeah. But what happened is because of the predictive text, and oh, because he, yes. I was there, it came up as I am sacred. <laughs> I am sacred. Yes. But the thing is, John, do you know what I felt? I thought, do you know what? God the sacred in the scared absolutely yeah. the in isn't that where we often yep. find god you know in our biggest challenges totally. in our biggest fears in our biggest moments yep. often it's the sacred in the scared and in that moment i wrote, i am sacred i thought Do you know what i am in this beautiful moment with god yes my prayer team were praying and we kind of just were able to calm things down and move on. And we just keep on praying. We keep yeah. on praying that we, we as we walk the cross through these kind of areas that, God will change these areas and that, that message of Christianity will, will come through. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So
0: over the years then, Mark, you've seen many people's lives transformed.
1: Yes. I mean, most exciting. I was at the NEC in
0: Birmingham a few
1: years ago and uh, I really was praying and believing for lots of people. And I remember there was 1,300 people yeah. made a first time response Incredible. for God. And it's, I mean, I know I'm speaking to, you know, you're you are such a great evangelist, but I know you've seen hundreds, thousands. Oh, but that moment where you see 12-year-old girls and 50-year-old men Absolutely. weeping yeah. as they're responding to the powerful message of the cross, it is so humbling, isn't it? People think, oh, you must Always. have walked out there. No, no, no. no. You're humbled no. by Always. it. Always. So
0: humbling, yeah. It is humbling. Yeah. So, you amongst many of the messages, I mean, you've already mentioned it and highlighted it several times. You keep coming back to the cross. Yes. The cross. yes. Go on, explain the cross to us, Mark. Uh,
1: I, I, I just love the message. I, I'm Scottish, right? And I think that the, the cross is like this, is that, you know, you've got, imagine a beautiful Scottish castle, and it's cold and wet outside and you'd love to get in there and you can see the lights on in the castle and you can smell the food, but there's a huge big trench around the castle and you can't get to it. And however much you would like to get in, you can't go under it, you can't go, you can't get in there. You know there's a welcome in that castle for you, but you're out in the cold, you are out in the cold. But then what happens? The drawbridge comes down and you're able to come over the drawbridge into the welcoming arms and for me that is the message of the cross. God is warmth. he's got a celebration for us, he's got the best life for us, he's got peace and destiny and hope and we can't get in, we're messed up, we're out in the cold, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God but what does God do? He sends Jesus on the cross and the cross is the drawbridge that comes down. Absolutely. That Jesus came down from heaven. He would come low, low down so that we could actually come through the cross, through the drawbridge into the arms of God. Absolutely. How amazing that God's son would make himself the floor, the ground, the dirt that we were able to walk over into the arms of God. He humbled himself to become the drawbridge and that we can come through the drawbridge into the arms of God. How grateful are we to Jesus? How honouring that Jesus would do this and we can be welcomed into God's arms
0: and enjoy the feast, wow. That is such a beautiful picture. Beautiful, that drawbridge. Mm. I, as you said it, I could always see it coming yeah. down, coming down so that we can yeah. g- go across it. Mm. Mark, for anyone watching this program today who hasn't crossed that that mm. bridge, uh, hasn't walked in, would you just look at that camera there yeah. and would you pray a prayer of commitment sure. for someone to receive Christ?
1: Yeah, you know, I perhaps today like you're Luke and watching this and you're maybe out in the cold, you feel far from God. But this is the great news of the cross is that Jesus has died so that you can come through. Let me pray this prayer and why don't you pray it in your heart? Dear, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. That Jesus came and died for me. I'm sorry about my rubbish, about my sin. And I come now through the cross into your arms, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Mark, would you be able to just do that
0: again to this camera? I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. No worries. Shall I tell him to do it into that camera? Yeah, yeah. So if you just... Start the conversation, you can do that, we'll do that piece again. We'll Great, do it just into that camera. all right, fine. Sorry. Thank you, Mark. I just love the way that you explained, uh, and that analogy. And even as you spoke, Mark, I, I could see that drawbridge yeah. coming down and giving people an opportunity to cross it. And if any of our viewers today have never crossed that bridge, mm. um, could you? Pray Mm. for our viewers to receive Jesus Christ. Please do.
1: Perhaps you're watching this and you feel out in the cold. You've never made that commitment. Why don't you just pray this prayer right now? This is the prayer. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. I'm sorry about my stuff, about my rubbish, my sin. And I come now through the cross... Into your arms, God. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer, God has answered it in Jesus Mm. by his Holy Spirit. And we want to announce and pronounce his forgiveness over you. And may you know his peace and his presence and his protection. Um, as you continue to follow Jesus, amen, mm-hmm. Mark, thank you so much. What about the future mark how How do you see the future at the moment or in these interesting times?
1: Yeah, well, I think two things I think i 'm going to continue doing the comedy shows. And I think I'm also excited about some podcasts that I'm doing with different people, talking to them about my soul and how I can speak to my soul. And so I've got those things going on. And yeah, we're just like saying, God, what does the new normal look like? And we're flexible and ready. And we just want to get that gospel to as many people as we possibly can. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and you've uh, recently introduced... Uh, on your podcast my friend christine Kane. yeah
1: yeah i'm so excited about this because we were talking about soul focus and about speaking to our soul and i've heard christine say some great things on that so i was excited to get the chance yeah yeah yeah
0: oh well mark thank you so much for joining us on facing the canon a delight always to see you and thank you for being on the program thank you Well, wasn't that inspiring, truly inspiring and uh, very moving um, and challenging. It's great to hear again um, how Mark responded to God's call uh, to walk uh, up and down um, south to north, uh, east to west, and to symbolically uh, place and position the cross Um, in the United Kingdom well it's the cross of Jesus we need to cling on to and that message came through really loud and clear today and uh, we thank uh, Mark and we thank God for Mark I hope this has inspired you thank you for joining us on Facing the Canon and please join us again
2: you've been listening to the J. John podcast To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. Looking for the perfect Christmas gift to help someone on their journey of faith? Visit canonjjohn.com to explore our range of Christmas books, perfect to give away to those exploring the Christian faith and those who are already Christians. The Christmas Story by J. John is a beautifully illustrated children's book, the true story of what happened at the very first Christmas and why it happened. Full of intriguing facts about Christmas, A Christmas Compendium is a surprising and intriguing book of delights and surprises, guaranteed to generate holiday conversation and inspire you to recall your own Christmas memories this Advent to reflect on the true meaning of the season with one of Jay John's Advent Reflection books, God With Us or Joy to the World. We have been inspired and encouraged by people who have bought copies of J. John's books, Making the Christmas Connection, More Than a Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life, to give away to neighbours, friends and family. The perfect size to fit in a Christmas card and ideal to give away to those exploring Christianity. In the run-up to Christmas 2020, buy any two books in our Christmas range and get one free. So why not take this opportunity to help others in their journey of faith? Visit canonjjohn.com today.